Diana, also known on Instagram by things by underscore Diana, went from designer to artist in one of the most unconventional ways. You'll have to listen to find that out. Her kind and fearless spirit is contagious. And after talking with her, I had the urge to simply try out new mediums. If you're lacking some art enthusiasm, then just tune in to hear how to get started with Posca pens, tips on getting motivation, the main difference between the design and art industry, how fundamental are fundamentals, and hilarious client horror stories. Want to be part of the show? Then send in your questions or topics you'd like to see covered to our email at hello at etrelab.com. If you send us an audio recording, we might include it in the episode. Hi, I'm Anya, and this is Make More Art, a podcast by Etra, meant to inspire you to keep on creating. Now let's hear from our guest. Diana, so you are from Canada, but you're in Taiwan, right? Yes, that's correct. It's a very recent thing. <laughs> First of when did it begin, your love for art? Uh, it really began when I was a kid. It sounds really stereotypical, but I totally loved art as a kid already. I really liked um, a lot of animation. My parents, like, we didn't have too many different sources of entertainment. We like watching TV a lot, so we would always go to the video store and rent out, like, the latest animation movies, which was, like, Doraemon. It was Studio Ghibli stuff, and it was it was a big inspiration back then because it was such a impactful source of education and they also had it dubbed in Cantonese so it was our native language and everything that we grew up with so it was like extra child like extra childhood so from there I really liked like oh I want to draw my own monsters like this looks really cool I love drawing like haku and stuff so it, it, came, it went from there it went from there oh I had no idea you had that in dub that's amazing we yes it <sighs> Go ahead. I don't know how I don't know how legal it was back in the day, but you could find Cantonese dubs or Chinese dubs of like basically any any movie back in the day, like especially animated films. We had it dubbed when I was a kid, but it was either uh, from Brazil because I'm in Portugal on Portuguese, so we had it from Bra Brazilian Portuguese, which is a little bit different. So we grew up with either that or Spanish. So oh, that's yeah, yeah. so we had to pick up on the Spanish or the Brazilian Portuguese because it was very rare to have anything Portuguese Portuguese dubbed I think the very first thing was the Lion King and he was like oh my god it's actually like they noticed us yeah. they noticed us so, yeah. so proud in this tiny country anyway okay so that explains a lot though those you know geeky quote-unquote <laughs> origins looking at your art so when when did that become a, a full-time thing when did you realize that art was something you really wanted to pursue I think like back in the day in, in around my high school, I just totally dates me, but like back when DeviantArt was up and coming, one of the ways that like I, my impression was that if you wanted to be an artist, you were either like an animator or you were like a big DeviantArt artist and you sold prints. That's all you did. You sold prints. Like that's, that's basically, or you did anime. But I realized that later on, like part, part, part way through university with social media was becoming a huge thing, that there were way more avenues for kind of making a living as an artist. Like you could go to conventions, you could sell fan art, you could do commissions, you could, you know, make your own merchandise, like you could make your own pins and stuff. So I thought that that was kind of a cool path that I could start building up on because I know it, it doesn't start from day one. 
it starts from like, you know, like five years ago when that person, that person started Mm -hmm. and like no one noticed them. And then now they're really big. So I I knew that I had some years to start building it up. So I start, I, I went, I went for like a more stable career first. I went for like, oh, I'm going to get my bachelor's in psychology and I'm going to be a counselor. And then I was just like, I am totally not smart enough to be a counselor because to get into the master's program for, uh, for my, for my province, you need at least a master's to do counseling. I was just like, I was looking at the GPAs and I was just like, that's not me. And then like, I, I went and did a marketing job that I had volunteered at before. So I did market marketing and events coordination for a little while. And that was a cutthroat industry. So I was like, none of that either. Ooh. So after that, I actually went back to school for, you know, something more artsy. Because when you when you do marketing, you work with a lot of designers and you work with, work with people who make your event look awesome. And they seem to have a lot more fun than you do, honestly. So I was like, okay, I, I'm going to go and I'm going to take this course called Digital Design and Development, which is not as artsy as, you know, most Asian parents would think. Because Asian parents are always like, where's the money? Where's the business? Where's yeah, the yeah. business in this? Doctor, lawyer. For sure. And I knew that, like in this in this digi- in this digital age, that like um, <laughs> web online stuff, digital is is the thing right now, and it, it is like you know a viable career. So I went into it, and they teach you programming, and they teach you the basics of a lot of Adobe, like the Adobe suite. So I knew Photoshop, I know Illustrator, I know InDesign, and stuff like that. So I hopped out of that, and I went and worked at a web design firm for a little bit, and I had some very questionable clients. I, I had this one client. She basically like pissed me off like so much with how ridiculous she was that I was just like, I'm going to be an artist instead. I, I can't deal with this anymore. <laughs> so I, that, that was the day I started my Instagram. That was the day I started. I could tell you that story, but it's like... Yes, please, if you can tell so, me your story. Oh, so this this art, this art um, this client of ours, she's also in like a creative field, ironically. So... She like she yeah she's in a creative field. I don't want to get too specific, but she would pull this card out. She wanted to do a website with us, and she was really happy with us. She was kind of kind of easygoing to work with, which I thought was kind of cool. But I I like I was also working as a project manager, so I would also do the design and project manage at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I'd have to grab all of her requirements, I have to grab all of her technical components, I have to grab all of her content. So after our first meeting. Uh, we gave her something to review through uh, email, which is sounds, sounds normal. You're, you're doing a website, you know, you got to use email. And she says, I'm an artist. I I don't do email. What? I was like, I was like, <laughs> I was like, I was like, what? Wait, 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 this is a joke, right? Like, oh, and then... And then she's just like, I don't understand digital. Like, this is not an artist thing. Like, you need you need to accommodate me. You know, oh being a, like, I'm an artistic God. person. You need to accommodate me. And in my head, I'm like, do you know who's doing your design? Like, I'm an artistic person, too. Oh. Like, what are you saying? And so she so we, we decided to, like, basically had to call her into the office every single time she needed to review a website. And during your website, you review your homepage. You review your updates. Like, every time you make changes, we'd be like, hey, can you no. take a look at this? So she would want to come in and she would want me to, like, hold her hand through the whole thing, which is, it's fine, whatever. I, I got this, right? But we would go through those sessions and we would we spent, I think, three or four times the normal amount of time doing it. And it was in December when we kind of started wrapping things up and things kind of slowed down during that time because everyone's going on holiday, reviews get slower, we get it. And then on Christmas Eve, on Christmas Eve, 
She sends this big fat email. No. And she tells us. Wait, wait. On Christmas I'm Eve, she remind she, she she suddenly uses email. Oh yeah, she uh, sent us through email. She used email, and she sent us this big fat email, telling us how pissed she was, how unhappy with the website she was, how blah 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 blah, and she was just like, as an artist. You should understand that creative people just don't work this way. I'm like, I'm a creative person. Like, what is wrong with you, right? Diva. So like, I know. So we like, we bent, we just like, this is Christmas Eve. I'll deal with it later. And then afterwards, like, it drags on until springtime. No. And we finally sent her the final website. And in the end, she's so unhappy with the website. She gives us this terrible review. I get in tons of trouble for it. And it was not really like positive thing and i was just like instagram.com register for an account <laughs> that was what i did that was why i started my instagram i was just like i i this lady i can't i have to thank her i have to thank her for where i am today yeah. she was the one who triggered me so hard i was just like I can't. I can't. I cannot deal with five more views like down no, the line in this industry. No, that was nearly a year long frustration. Oh my god, the years of your life that were sucked out of you. Well, lady, since you're a very artistic person, if you are listening to this episode, bottom line is, even though it sucked, we got Diana where she is today, partially <laughs> thanks to you. So you did a good deed, even though you didn't want to. Maybe exactly. Exactly. Ta-da! Turn it around. Table wow. table flip. That's why that's why like I'm all about good vibes. Like I think in the artist community, it's it's very different from the design community because design you still have to work with clients who may or may not be happy to hire you, which is funny to say. Like they may or may, they need a batter, but they can't do it themselves. So therefore they need to pay you to do it. But for many artists, you get people who are, who are really happy to work with you and it's yeah. completely different. They're like, do your thing, you're awesome, like stuff like that. Not not that everyone needs to be like you're awesome and like, you know, stroke your ego or anything. Yeah, but, but they're, they're kinder. Happier. Yeah, and they're kinder and they understand a little bit of the process. I, I took, so I studied uh, graphic design as well. And I did a few years as a designer before I turned to the, the light side. And uh, oh, yeah. dear Lord, the amount of stuff I had to put up with, you know. And sometimes we had those clients that had no idea what they wanted, but thought they did. And oh, yeah. they, but then they said, I want this, 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 and that exactly like this. And I did it exactly like they wanted. And they're like, oh, this is not good enough. And I'm thinking to myself, no joke, this is awful. And, and, and they're like, do I, do I have to make your work for you? Oh, no. I, yes. With that client, I flipped out. I flipped out with that client. I did my own design that I, I like. I know what they need. I'm going to do my thing. I don't care. I'm working extra time, but they'll see it. And they're like, oh, my God, this is a beautiful website. Finally, it feels like you woken up from whatever slumber you were in. So exactly. welcome to the team now, huh? Finally, you're doing something. And I'm like, yeah, I did something you like because I disregarded every single thing you said. Like, yeah. I like you look at all these design memes online and you're like make it pop and you're like haha that's the this is just such a stereotypical thing but it is totally it happens it I, I think i've had make it pop like three <laughs> or four times and i was like it happened it finally happened to me oh my god but i think if i hear like hey how do you want your brand i want it to be a lifestyle brand if i hear that one more time i'm gonna be like no you gotta think of like this is you cannot use these words yeah yeah you have no idea what you want you have no idea why you want it where you're going if you don't have a direction if you don't know why you're doing this then you're not going to create anything with meaning 
like start from within human being anyway oh we could go on design rights for the rest oh, of the day oh i could go day. on forever but, <laughs> but at the end of the day i do think that like having the background in design like help it helped me a lot mm -hmm. because you have like the very difficult clients and then you have a lot of very technical things when it comes to design work that you have to get used to. Mm -hmm. So for example, you have to convert like a lot of different files. You have to know some of the technical components. You got to know how, how to prep your files. So I think that actually really helped me like when it comes to doing like a lot of illustration work because it opens me up to like different kinds of work that I can take on because I do know these things from design. So it, for example, if I have to digitalize my traditional artwork into something that someone can use for like a board game or like, you know, like a stream overlay or something, then I know how to do that. And it's not, it's not a scary thing. Yeah. Scary and thing. if you by any chance can't do it because you don't have the energy or the time and you have to hire, at least you know what you can request or not and what is feasible or, or crazy because you understand how it's done. So it's easier to Absolutely. communicate with the professional as well. So I can empathize and with that. Go ahead. And you have friends in design who you can like be like, hey, do you want to take on a project? I'm too busy right now. <laughs> so true. So true. Oh, yeah. it's like siblings. Design and art, the artwork are like siblings. You don't really choose, but uh, you kind of have to get along. But... Exactly. Anyway, not so bad. we're, yeah, not, not bad. <laughs> oh, I'm trying to not come up with other jokes. Like, okay, Anya, stay focused. So many, there's so many design, good design jokes out there. We need us artists need to step up on our on our meme game and get some like good stuff going <laughs> yeah we should if, if you're listening to this interview you're formally invited to go into this part a party on the, the 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 comment section and just tell us all your weird and funny stories and if you want to make some memes oh gosh we should totally start a meme club oh Definitely. man it'd be, so, it'd be so good i am in dire need of some good spicy artist memes <sighs> let's make that happen Okay, Posca, where did that become a thing? Because it's your main medium now and you're so good yeah. at it. When did you start exploring it and what do you love about Posca? I think that like it was, I think I, I started off with using uh, more watercolor pens because I'm awful with a paintbrush. I, I'm like just got awful with a paintbrush. It don't make sense to me. The, the angles are weird. I prefer holding a pen like over anything else, right? Mm -hmm. So I had these like watercolor brush pens and I was just like, I, sh I should learn how to use color like at some point, right? Because I started off doing more black and white ink stuff. So I started looking up some stuff on Pinterest. I was like, oh, I need to find some landscape things. And the simplest landscape breakdowns that they have were done in Posca. And I was like, this stuff looks good. Like, what is it? Is it digital? It doesn't look digital. This person did it in a sketchbook. So I looked up, I looked up like what they use, right? And they were using Posca pens. So I was like, okay, I'm going to buy a set and I'm going to give these a try. I didn't know anything about it. And I, so I looked, started looking up some more videos and I was like, hey, this stuff can layer right on top of each other. So you're telling me I can erase stuff with, with colors and pens, but with traditional mediums? Hold up. This is like, this is revolutionary. So Casey Golden, who's like a huge YouTuber, huge artist, like she started doing her Posca pen beginner series too. Cause she also starts, she also like mainly uses watercolors. So I was just like, holy cow, this is awesome. So I started slowly like trying out some different styles in Posca and like trying to merge like different mediums with it. So that, that's how the, the Posca thing started. Okay. And how did you, and how, how long ago was that? I think it was like a year and a year and a little bit, almost, Ooh. almost a year. Yeah, yeah, it started off like in the middle somewhere. Like it was after like a year and a half or so of like just trying out ink stuff and trying to be like 
I'm trying to be cool. I'm trying to do these art things. And it just was, it was kind of like, it was, it was, it was like successful, but it wasn't like explosive. It wasn't like, you'd see some people on Instagram who suddenly just like blow up overnight and you're just like, I kind of want a piece of that. But it just like, when, when did this happen to me? But that happened to me with Bosca after a couple months of using it. And I was just like, 10 out of 10 would recommend. Okay. And that started in 2019-ish, somewhere. Ish. Ish, yes. Middle of pandemic. Yeah, the pandemic, the, t- the pandemic gave, definitely gave me like more time and more energy to do it. I had a really long commute too, so I was just like, "Holy cow!" I'm so grateful to have two more hours a day every day. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yes. When I interviewed Disa, uh, Disa Doodles for the the podcast, she was talking about how she started her art um, during the pandemic as well, like more focused because she had more, the, more time. And, uh, yeah, I, I just love to see good things coming out of such a weird time of our lives. So that's, I don't know, it warms my heart a little bit. Okay. So you're Absolutely. kind of new, kind of new, like when you're like, it's not a lot yet you are masterful <laughs> using Posca. And I'm sure that of course uh, you were, using ink before and you have really strong foundations you know how to draw super duper well and uh you have that ghibli and all the anime stuff that uh it makes my heart flutter so of course i'm in love with all of your art (laughs) seriously i'm like oh yeah i get to talk to this awesome person thank you studio etcher team for linking linking me to diana um thank you what would you say was your hardest, like, biggest struggle when it came to starting with Posca? All right. Dialing back a little bit, like, I, I personally don't think I'm that strong with fundamentals. Like, I'm not the best at anatomy. There's, oh. It's really funny because there's some people taking, I, I'm, I'm actually running a different Posca class right now. Mm-hmm. And the people who are doing anatomy in there are actually better than me. It's a little embarrassing. They're there but for I'm the like, Posca. I'm like, good job. You, you do great with anatomy. But I'm not the strongest with learning shading or lighting. I'm not the strongest with learning color. I'm not the strongest with learning landscapes. Mm-hmm. But I think to be able to still create something that you really like with Poscas, I think it should be a message to people that like, hey, you don't need to be a genius. Just do, just like use Poscas and you can fix half your mistakes and still make something look great for some reason, right? So I think I think that is one of the things that I really like about Poscas too. Then let's just, uh, before we talk about the other thing, I'm glad you brought that up. So you're making awesome art and you don't consider yourself super great with some of the fundamentals. And that's oh, very... absolutely. Yeah, I could use a class. <laughs> you know, all of us could, you know, fundament- hashtag fundamentals are forever. I'm terrible yes. with so many things, yet I, yet I still manage to do a couple of decent looking stuff. So I'm like, I think that's, okay, p- part one. I think that's very reassuring for artists. At least it is very reassuring for me. So I'm sure it resonates with more of us that you don't have to be, you know, it's not like you're only allowed to play with mediums once you are a master of all the fundamentals. And that is like, you don't get to eat your pie until you know how to bake it perfectly at the right temperature. Even if though, like, maybe you make a wonderful kind of, you know, maybe the the pie is not perfect, but the crust is really good and you really want to eat it, but you can't because you're not supposed to. Well, that's crap. So exactly. Thank yeah, you, you don't need to. You don't need to feel like you should stop yourself from doing art just because you don't know how to do it. I, okay, you know what? Just do it first. It might turn out awesome. You never know, right? But if you never do it, then you never get a chance to find out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And how did you get past that? Like that's a mental block right there. So 
Was there ever a time that you had to give yourself permission to use Pasca or watercolor or whatever when you knew that some of your fundamentals were not there yet? Yeah, absolutely. I think there are some days, I think most artists have days where you're just sitting and staring at the paper and you're like, I think this is, is going to turn out terrible. I think this doesn't look out. This doesn't look great. I don't want to continue with this piece. But sometimes you just have to have a little, like a little shoulder person telling you like the most egotistical, narcissistic thing possible and going like, well, you're, you're awesome. And you know, just do it. It's going to be great. Like, what are they, what do they know? You're an artist. You're awesome. It's, it's like, it, you just have to have that person telling you to like do these kinds of things, even though it's not your true personality. You don't truly think like you're like, I, I, I watch, okay. I watch a ridiculous amount of Ink Master and there's just one guy. He, he's like, I don't, he's not the, he's not the greatest at tattooing, he, but he calls himself the tattoo god. And it's like the funniest thing ever. So you have to have one of those little persons telling yourself that you're like, awesome and you should it just gives you like the energy you need to like try that one thing because if you keep doing the same thing over and over again obviously you're going to improve at a slower rate than if you try to like a bunch of crazy things all at once and something works out right yeah. like keep throwing th things at the wall until one sticks yeah and when different things start to stick then you're able to make connections and create new things out of that i think exactly i i think that part of like my creative process is coming up with the little characters to do things for me and that's that's not out of my work process either. I have these little like other shoulder people that I visualize telling me to do things. Like I have like the boss Diana who's like, you should be on schedule. And then the other the other like chef Diana, mom Diana, which is like, you should probably eat some food and drink some water and stand up and walk around a little bit. And then I'm just like, no, I don't want to. Oh, <laughs> I'm Mopey Diana right now. And I don't want, okay. Can I hire you to be I... one or a couple of those voices when I'm trying to make art and I don't feel I, like it? I love making dumb voices for my things <laughs> and my friends find it hilarious. And I'm just like, this is how you do things, man. Oh my God. I love this so much. Ah, oh, your energy is contagious. Ugh. Like, can I- Good vibes energies? only. Yes. That's how you keep moving forward. The, the world is filled with the negative voices and the little demons in your head already telling you you can't. Well, you know what? Yes, I can. I'm going to prove exactly. you wrong, huh? So let's uh, exactly. show you. Okay, so Pasca Pasca uh, struggles with Pasca and how did you overcome those like, tips with dealing with Pasca? I think like a lot of Pascas feel kind of funky. That's the thing. Like they're they're very different from a lot of different mediums. So if you haven't used like acrylic markers before or you haven't used it because acrylic markers, they have like a different couple different pen tips. One of them is like a plastic pen tip. So let me grab. So they I have them right here. This I need a I need a visual. So they have a plastic nice. pen tip and how the how the pen nozzle works is that the ink comes up from one end, but they have slits on the side where the ink comes out and it has like a pump action thing. So you have to pump it to get some of the ink out sometimes. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a little tough to get used to sometimes and the other thing is like they people don't really treat it like paint but you should oh. because it takes time to dry in between layers and if you try to draw while well, the layers are still wet you're gonna tear your paper apart paintbrushes are like nice and gentle on your paper but these pens will like sh absolutely shred it and i think that's a very common question that i get it's like what paper should i use posca i'm like there's there's a couple good types of paper. You obviously don't want to use like the most expensive watercolor paper you can possibly find. So I have like cheap options and I have options that I, I like using because I don't want to I want to turn off my brain and just abuse this paper. Mm -hmm. That does make sense. Is was yeah. so that's good to know because you know once I remember a couple of years ago or more no longer oh my god I'm getting old a few years ago I don't want to remember how long ago I, I walked into the store and they had some Pascas there and the owner was like this is just new just we just got this from the US or whatever and uh, it's mm -hmm. really cool and a lot of artists are using it you should try and my first reaction was uh oh 
something new. New medium. New medium. Just, I'm overwhelmed. I'm I'm just learning something something else now. I cannot deal with this. So I didn't touch it because it was so much yes, at the exactly. time. So I know I'm 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 glad that you mentioned that because it helps to make you know starting with this new thing a little bit more approachable. Speaking of which, you are going to host a live demo with us on March fourth. Hey, yes, I am. <laughs> 10 a.m. Pacific time, uh, Thursday, if you're wondering. And it's going to be recorded if you can't make it. But if you can make it, you get to ask Diane questions firsthand, which is going to be really ask cool. Ask me anything. So what will you be painting on that day? Uh, I'm going to be painting a couple of different things. I think on record we have the one of the goldfishes, I believe, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, so I think I think I'm doing a floral goldfish, and I'm also doing like a. Should I mention the other class as well? Oh yeah, 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 sure. Yeah, I'm doing the floral goldfish, and I'm also going to be doing a porcelain creature. I think tentatively we're doing the porcelain moth, but we could always do some other creatures as well. Think, yeah, on... at the date of this recording, which by the way is February 8th, so there's a, still a month left for the live demo. And the porcelain creature, let's keep it vague for now, is going to be on March 21st. Uh, we'll talk more about that on the free live demo that you can come for free again on March 4th. I'll link to that in the post associated with this episode at etcherlab.com forward slash Diane. Um, so you will be showing us how to use Poscas. How about like, what will you yes. be doing? The drawing part is, are we, are we doing the drawing in the free life demo? Are you bringing the drawing? What, what is the plan? Uh, I'm, I'm going to show some of the sketching process, but mm -hmm. I think that like, I, I can, actually, I think for the goldfish, I've drawn it enough times so that I can do it. I can do it live. I think a lot of people do want to see that part of the process, which I usually skip over for the sake of, you know, saving time or like mm -hmm. just wanting to show you like the juicy bits on like my Instagram or something like that. Mm -hmm. So if people do want to see like a more detailed process of that, they can let me know. Or I could just have a handy dandy sketch already ready and cleaned up and we can just Posca on. Oh, cool. So if you do have the sketch ready, uh, we're going to uh, have a link for the sketch so you can download it and color it with Diana, on the, Diana during the live demo. Uh, so that's going to be fun. It's a very elegant fish. Uh, side you note, see it in the background. Yeah, uh, it's a different fish. Though. Um, if you'd like to see exactly what fish uh, Diana will be painting and drawing, just hop over to our website again at etcherlab.com forward slash Diana or watch the video recording uh, on YouTube. Okay, this is going to be fun. Before we wrap up the interview, that is, I'm having a lot of fun. Any last words to our lovely audience? I think I could, I think like even, even like in, in this whole new year in 2021, I think that like, I have hopes for this year. I have hopes that this year will be better. And I have hopes that people will see like, you know, we'll have some good things happen. And, and even if they don't, we'll try to make the best of it. And I think that like, if I'm able to bring a little bit of, you know, a tiny little bit of a smile through my art, I think that's good enough for me. And I think that, you know, as an artist trying to get more used to the art, like getting more into the artist community, I think that if we can do something cool as a collective, I think that'd be super, super awesome. What was the newest art medium you tried? Let us know all about it in the comment section of the post associated with this interview at etcherlab.com forward slash Diana. That's E-T-C-H-R-L-A-B dot com forward slash D-I-A-N-A. Or if you're watching on YouTube, simply let us know in the comment section below. If you're enjoying the podcast, please help us keep the show alive. You can subscribe and give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts at etcherlab.com forward slash go forward slash Apple 
or if you're more of a YouTube viewer, please make sure to subscribe to our channel and ring the bell to get notified about our most recent videos. Sharing is caring and every little bit helps. Thank you so much and I'll see you next time. Until then, let's make more art. Thank you.